This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. You're in the locker room. It's Greg Wolfley, Max Starks, and all kinds of ninjas running around as we get prepared for a Thursday. And it's a great day. It's a beautiful day. Man, is the weather nice. How's the weather down in Phoenix, Max? Uh, sun's out. Sun's out. So it, it's going to be a good one, I think, today. The high's only 82. So we oh, are is moving that all? in the right direction. That's it. That's it. So I, I'm excited about that. Uh, we're finally getting below the 90s <laughs> for more than one day. Now, my brother Ronnie calls it cloud-chasing weather when it gets really hot. And you're just looking for that one cloud. What is it like down yes. there? Just, I mean, because I would imagine that most of the time when it gets hot like that, like the Cardinals, they go indoors or something like that. Um, you know, because given today, uh, the climate of today, you know, players they they don't want to be too stressed out. I mean, for crying out loud, but but for you, like, what, what's it like when it when it gets really hot? What do you do? Well, I mean. You know, you, you seem to always find places that have air conditioning to go uh, in public. You don't necessarily go outside midday and just hang out outside for long amounts of time. I mean, you know, you, you find a mall or you sit in your car, grocery store. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you find other things to do or you just jump in a pool. That's, True. That's the, that, that's the other alternative. Get in a pool, even though it feels like bath water. At that, at that that weather um but yeah no it, it's one of those yeah you, you're not you're not hanging out long amounts of time when it's 107 112 and you know 116 degrees outside oh my goodness that the, i don't know that just seems like it's really that's that's i i remember playing down there one time and we were down 28 to 3 at halftime you know in, in the old uh stadium over there that uh what is it, the uh, University of Arizona had or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah, yeah, Sun Devil, okay. So we're there, and first of all, it's like uphill 75 yards from the locker room to the stadium. Then you got to run the 100 yards to the opposite end to warm up because they would. the Cardinals had, the course, the close end. So it's already, I don't know, it was over 100 degrees on the field. You know, with the they, they, they got this, like, this uh, temperature thing. Um, behind your on the on the wall behind your bench, just to remind you, because it's right in the sun, so it's it's to, it, it goes up to one twenty or something like that, you know. And so uh, it's yeah. right there in your face. You know it's there. You know it's hot. You know whatever it is, ninety degrees actual temperature or whatever. But you look at that and you see that thing. It says one hundred and twenty degrees. You're like going, this is ridiculous. And I remember we started our no huddle in the third quarter because we're just terrible. So. Every third play, there's a new guy coming in on a pass rush. <laughs> I'm playing tackle. I got bumped out to tackle. Okay, it's one of those those oh, horrible no, games where you man. get bumped out to out of your comfort zone, and all of a sudden you're out there on the island. So every third play, this guy and I we're going at it, and new guy comes in. And in the third time, we had a, a 12, 14 play drive. I said to the guy after we got him, we go, "Hey, would you have the next guy bring me in a Gatorade?" And he flipped me off. He wouldn't think he was. <laughs> he, he didn't think it was too funny at the moment. <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's just that bad. Yeah, and that that and a towel. That and a towel. If he has a towel, you know, that'd be great too. Just, yeah, just a little, my eyes. Just a little, a little stingy, a little salty. 
<laughs> it was it was Just so bad, brow. man. It was so bad. Tunch, I remember Tunch is melting down at the right side, but I, he knew that how, no matter how hot he was and how how bad it was, I was melting down more. I'm like Frosty the Snowman, yeah. you know. Down, I mean, yeah. this is like a puddle. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, All right, my friend, man. let me ask you something, okay? Um, one of the more mystifying. Troubling aspects, I would say, of, you know, offensive football is how to start fast. I mean, you know, there's, there's you got all these people out there that, are, you know, you got the wailing, gnashing of teeth, and it's like, I don't know, it's a 57 Chevy that's running a little rough until it gets warmed up, and then, you know, then the offense at least starts coming along. But starting fast is so important in this last game when you have three three and outs. You know, when you're a total net yardage of like minus 12 or 15 with the included the penalties, um, that gives great uh, comfort to the opponents, shall you say, uh, that you can't get started in your own home stadium. What do you do, my friend? Uh, I mean, the key to starting fast, you know, it, and listen, I, I'm no guru or expert, but well, neither. Hey, we were I, I just beasts of burden. Okay, yeah. that's what we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the biggest thing is is keeping it simple as possible. You know, I get you need the misdirections, you need all of the smoke and mirrors, but I think being able to keep it simple and run the ball kind of like we did, like actually deploy simple, easy, basic run plays. You know, is always what I like to see in the top 15. Give me one or two that you feel good about right out the gates and then set up an easy play action or an easy quick pass because all you're trying to do is create that first first down. Yes. Because that leads to the rhythm. And so it's like, okay, what two to three plays can I deploy that will get me a first down? Because that, that, that kick starts the engine. And then from there, you kind of, like you said, you set some things up for later in the game as you, as you get that more comfort. But that's the key. It's keeping it as easy as possible and trying to do what you do well and what you feel best about what they put out there on defense and get it into a rhythm. And then you break out of that. But the first 15 should be things we feel really good about and combinations off of the same thing to keep the guys feeling good about themselves. Because I think just as much as it needs to be a comfort to Ben and to Najee for the offensive line, what do they feel most comfortable with when they actually start hitting and, and getting the combination fits and also the tight ends who are going to be blocking, you know, I would love to see them, you know, come out in 12 or 21 and just commit to bang, bang, run two plays in a row, and then boom, throw either some type of little quick pass out there or, you know, run a play action uh, off of it and get the first down. I mean, just something to get that rhythm going so that they can get started because that's what you're going to need against Green Bay. You're going to need to show that you can answer the bell because the crowd's going to put it on you early on in this game. They're going to test you, and you have to answer that because that's the biggest thing about when you go into an away stadium, especially one like Green Bay, a story franchise where you have a great following that's going to be in that stadium causing havoc. 
you've got to quiet that crowd and give them a reason to be like, oh, oh, they can, they, they they mean business. This isn't who we thought they were going to be. So we, we're going to have to work even harder to, to rattle these guys. You don't want to come out there and go three and out the first series because that's, 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 that's going to make for a long day. It's going to make for a real long day. Now I want to give a tip of the cap to Chris Adamski from Trib Live because he put together some nice uh, – some nice stats. Uh, they kind of put this into focus, though, just how tough it's been in the first quarter for the Steelers. Now, think about this. The last time the Steelers scored in the first quarter last year uh, was last year, Week 10, a win at Heinz Field over the Bengals, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, there's a, there's a, you know, I mean, you can't look at it and go, yeah, it's just the NFL doing those, those screwy things, all right? But since then, in 31 quarters, of possessions, uh, they've and thirty. I'm sorry, in 31 first quarter possessions, and they've had 23 punts, four interceptions, three fumbles, and one and a missed field goal. You know, um, that's a lot of not so good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, now I'll give you something. Here, here's what they did in Syracuse one time when I was playing for the uh, the mighty Syracuse Orange. It's not Orangeman now. It can't be Orangeman. It got to be Syracuse Orange. All right, so we're named after okay. now some uh, nice, nice uh, Florida fruits. Okay, a very large citrus item. <laughs> very large citrus <laughs> item. Yes. So, so we're playing Pitt up at Syracuse, the old Archbold Stadium dump, which was uh, you know uh, roundly <laughs> condemned towards the end there. So we're we're, we're supposed to play there. So Pitt comes in and they're warming up. We warmed up down at Manly Fieldhouse, which was about. I don't know, half a mile from the stadium. Now, what the whole thing was, we were having problems getting started in the first quarter. All right? Our offense just it didn't get going until the second half or whatever. So there was a great emphasis that whole week. Got to start fast, start fast, start fast. So the, the, the coaching uh, uh, thought process was if we take them to another place and warm up you know, down at the field house where our practice facility was, Coin Field, then we warm up there, and the other team, you know, they might be wondering, okay, where's where's Syracuse? Where, where, you know, there's nobody out here. It's just Pitt warming up in their end of the field. And then, of course, they brought us up by bus right before kickoff. We come out, and we get roundly trounced. You know, <laughs> gimmicks, don't, <laughs> gimmicks don't work, right? <laughs> the gimmicks don't work. You're sitting on I the bus. I was expecting <laughs> a very triumphant story after all of this smoking mirrors. <laughs> We got, we got crushed. I don't think I don't know that we scored any points, and if we did, it wasn't early. That's for sure. You know, the point is, you know, you hear people say, "Well, change up this, change up that," and it's not the process of warming up. It's not about that. It's about getting it. Done. Yeah, nothing went right that day. <laughs> Yeah, we take the field. Yeah, we're gonna just nail here, yes. Wolf. <laughs> We got our butts collectively oh, kicked. <laughs> oh my god! There was oh, even oh. like some guy said, "You didn't even get off the bus. They have some people on it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh god! Oh man! But again, so it's great. not. It's not the gimmickry. You know, I mean, you can, yeah. you know, you, you, you can have all kinds of theories as to, you know, starting this or that, switch up your warm-ups, but it's really about just being able to get the job done early and be able to really focus in. And there's no other way to do it than to do it. That's That was Coach Null, okay? You guys, th- 
there, there's nothing new about this. All right, warm-ups have gone on since the NFL began, right? It's not about, you know, we didn't warm up enough and, you know, we got to throw the ball a little more in warm-ups or what have you. It's about just taking the ball and getting the job done when you have the opportunity. Yeah, I think that, that, that and that's what I think, you know, whether we want to imply the KISS method here, right? <laughs> right. Keep it simple, stupid. I right. Mean, but I think you do have to have a degree of simplistic execution at the base of it, right? Because, you know, even watching, like, I was watching the San Francisco game yesterday. Right. Uh, Green Bay. Like, San Fran, I mean, Grant, now now they do have, you know, obviously some beasts there. A guy by the name of Trent Williams happens to play left tackle for him. Oh. But <laughs> do you see the Elka bonker he put on the corner on the touchdown run into the oh corner? Oh my gosh! You mean when he threw him out of the back of the end zone? Yes, I, it was it was doink, and that guy was gone. I was Man. like, I don't know why guys think that if you're below two hundred and forty pounds, and you try and run across Trent Williams' face, you're going you're going to cause like an impedance to him. I don't know why guys think that. Jordan Hicks last year for the Cardinals. There, there was a down block on a counter. Okay. He he absolutely just railroaded him. I mean, literally ran over him, like, with a push down and Trent ran over Jordan <laughs> Hicks's corpse as he ran past. It was it was ridiculous. But uh but I digress. You know, but they but they they, they you know they do, they deploy the fullback, right? You know, Kyle yes. Juszczyk is is he's excellent. everything for them. Yeah. Yeah, he he he's great. And so, I mean, they would just line up an eye or off-shift eye and boom, run off tackle, run a split belly. They would run, you know, zone and just keep it simple. They wouldn't have a lot of motions. they they throw an emotion there with Debo Samuel every once in a while. And it was effective, and, and their splits were a little bit wider. That's the other thing I noticed about the Steelers. Their splits are a little bit tighter. That's when you don't really – you're not really comfortable moving in space. Right. But it restricts everything, but – you know, the splits are a little bit wider, which creates those lanes. And I think that's just – it's one of those things – it's easier said than done, right, because we're watching it and talking about it. But it was just – they went at them. And, yeah, it was tough sledding, but they hit, they hit, they hit, and then it finally broke. In about the second quarter to third quarter, you saw the work that they put in on committing to the run, and it – finally opening up and then that's when you saw the game really start to change and get more competitive and closer all the way down to the end all right you're gonna love this one too since i'm into storytelling this morning we're practicing one time right so blake wingles right guard he's from ucla young guy so <laughs> he's playing a right guard and chuck is all about big splits running plays big splits blake yeah. split out so blake Blake widens his stance, okay, and and Chuck thinks he's just you know getting his stance, and he goes Blake why Blake takes another step out. He is, almost looks like he's gonna do the Chinese splits, right? <laughs> and Chuck goes why split wider, no. Blake, and Blake goes Chuck I can't move. <laughs> 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 and we are all dying because we, oh my God. you know, here's Blake, a rookie, he's sitting there, he's looking at Chuck. I go, I can't, I can't split my legs apart any further. <laughs> I'm gonna fall down. I didn't do ballet. I didn't do ballet, coach. I'm sorry. 
Oh, that's, those moments like that, they are just absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Because oh, I can picture that. I can picture a guy just like, okay, well, I'm just going to get a little bit. Okay. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at my stretching point. I can't. It's going to tear something I anymore. Can't, I it's can't like, move. No, no move, move it out more. <laughs> All right. Bigger splits. One of the answers to the running game. We'll be back with more. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, Max. Let me put it this way. The Steelers have more punts than first downs in the past 11 first quarters, which included the playoffs, of course, against the, the Browns last year. But the last 11 first quarters, you've had more punts, 23, than first downs, 17. Now, one of the things that I, I – I, it's hard to bring people in because one of the things we want to do is always bring you the fan where you can't go. You know, inside the view behind the face mask, that sort of thing. And sometimes it's, it's hard for people to comprehend this. But when you're preparing to play and you go into a game, one of the things that's so very important are the mental gymnastics, the mental RPMs and intensity that you bring to each and every game. And you know what I'm talking about. There are people wonder why, you know, sometimes players seem to be so up and down. Well, those are guys that that probably are not preparing mentally for the game as much as they did the week before or something like that, that it might be a little influx, but it's about the mental RPMs that you bring to the game, about having those that revving up in your head and being ready to go at the starting gate rather than, okay, um, second quarter. After halftime, you start checking in more. You know, no, it's, it's you've got to be so mentally revved up and prepared to go that from the, the get-go, you are, you know, 100% focused and, and going. Yeah, no, it's it's like, you know, that starved dog, right? Right before a dog race. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you want to believe, you, you need to have him hungry, right? So he'll chase that rabbit. Uh, that That's kind of how, you know, mentally, you have to mentally be there. I need to get in this end zone. I need to get across this field and put points on the board. I need this. You need to have that type of desire. And not to say that the guys don't have that, right. but it's just it's something about that desperation, right, in that moment. You've got to have that type. you got to look in the guys like, man, yeah, I won't be denied. I don't want to go put my butt on this bench until right. I've actually – put the ball through the end zone or put the ball through the uprights. Like that is my goal. That is my desire. 
and you have to all want that. And and, and, and it's something that it, it's infectious once that one guy has it or you have two guys have it or a unit has it, and then everybody else wants to do it as well. But, you know, it, it's also something that has to be inspired from the top up, right? You have to create that need. Matt Canada has to inspire that type of desire in the guys leading up to the game, but then especially before that first drive. You need to know that, hey, I'm putting you out here with the best place possible. I need y'all to go hunt. <laughs> I need y'all to yeah. go chase down the prey and go get it done. I'm putting you in the best position to be successful. So go out there, and when, when you hit the field, take over the field, go dominate, and go be aggressive. And that's where we. I want to see that. And I think when you say that, that's uh, crazy – 11 quarters of uh, first quarters. Right, 11 uh, first quarters. 23 punts, 17 first downs. That is, you say that, you're like, mm, somebody's living high off the hog. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's had seconds at the buffet table mentally. But that, 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 I mean, if I, if I, if, if I was a coach, I would have totally have taken that. To, and put that on my board as an offensive coordinator. Well, no, here's no who question. we are. Yeah, here's who we are right now. <laughs> in case you guys needed to wonder or worry about this, this is who we are, and, <laughs> and that is what. God, it needs to be a sense of urgency. Let me ask you this: What was your pregame meal like? Because back in my day, we were so uh, nervous. I mean, we just all been out of shape. You get, you know, I could only get maybe. I don't know, maybe a, a biscuit or a piece of bacon down. I mean, some guys can eat so much, they eat a ton. But, you know, me, I, I couldn't do it. I, I just I, I couldn't do it. Three slices of bacon <laughs> wrapped in wheat toast. Is that what it that was? That was my pregame meal. That, that was, was it. Meal. Then you were kind of like me. It's kind of like yeah, you just yeah, can't you can't yeah. eat much because it's like you'll you'll be uh, pulling a Lawrence Timmons there on the sidelines, you know. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. It, it, it's one of those that yeah. Now I mean I would get so worked, especially for a one o'clock game. Oh, now it's different. Four twenty five. Right. I can have a little bit more, right? Because yeah. you got that that three hour cushion or, or a, a night, night game. game. Yeah. Yes. I can I can eat breakfast and feel okay. Eggs Benedict, but, baby. That was the Monday night football uh, lunch, you know, because you get ooh. lunch before before you go. Yeah, Eggs Benedict. It always that nailed nice. it for me. That was good. Okay, okay, I like that. See, I, I was I was I was just give me three egg omelet, uh -huh. throw bacon and cheddar in there, slice it in half, make a sandwich out of both of them. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, so then that, that so then that that would that would be that would be my br my br my brunch uh, my brunch niceness to myself before you, I got upset. But and, and I would spread cream cheese on one slice of the toast. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. You know it was so funny because I I, I remember watching the great LC Greenwood. Okay, LC would have three plates going. He'd have a steak plate. Then he'd have like uh, you know pancakes, and then he'd have bacon and eggs. And he'd be like, he's 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 working it, man. He's like a one man buffet, you know, just killing the whole thing. I'm like, going, a DJ at a turntable. Yeah, how do you do that? How do you eat so much, you know? And he'd just laugh. Yes, but I, and there I go by with my, you know, half a biscuit or you know, piece of bacon. And I go, yeah, oh, that's great. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's enjoying himself because I certainly ain't. Oh man, I mean, but yeah, there, there's so many guys that would just be. 
you know, that would eat like just full meals. Like you said, and you just like, God bless you. Like, it's almost like you're envious of them, but you, then you're also like, a sh- like uh, upset at them because it's like, <laughs> you're not taking this as serious as I am. <laughs> you see my dedication? It's three strips of bacon, one toast, get it moving. You're sitting down and eating this convenient spread of food, this this cornucopia uh, of, of of excellence, and I'm sitting here. I'm having the struggle meal, right? <laughs> the struggle meal, not the happy yeah. meal. The struggle no. meal. No it's question about meal. it. It's like it's like yes, I want the steak. You know, I'm sacrificing the steak because I don't want to be a guy that has to run to the toilet mid game. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you know. Think about this. You want to make sure that you, and again, the whole theme thus far that we've been talking about is getting a faster start. Part of that, again, is materialized in making sure that you mentally are where you need to be, that you got the mental RPMs revved up as high as it uh, go. The other thing is I think the ability um, to start fast sometimes is playing to your strengths, and part of your playing to your strengths are um, a no huddle, you know, uh, a hurry-up offense. Um, again, there's two different kinds of hurry up offense. There's your, you know, your regular kind of, uh, hurry up type of thing where, you know, you, you got a menu of a, a dozen plays or so like Ben called it, but then you've got another one where you're talking about <clears throat> being able to move the ball in unfriendly confines in a whole meal of, of plays, so to speak, um, of, of, you know, no huddle stuff. The ability to go no huddle is something that that I've noticed. You know, with Ben, you see it. Um, he does very well at it usually. Now, the thing is, could you do it in the confines of a, Le- a, Lebo- a Lambeau field where it's going to be obviously very loud? Well, I think you can because there, there's the no huddle package and then there's the two-minute package. Those right. are the two differences. Thank you. Wait, you said it. Yeah. You know, it was like in six words what I said in 300 words. I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> thank you for word economy there. There we go. No problem. Efficiency. Uh, but, yeah, so your two-minute package is usually your hurry up. It's about 10 set plays, and you know it, you, and it usually is a number system for it. No huddle is, like you said, it's that expanded package which has the runs and the passes in it, and it has probably two to three formations uh, differences outside of just left and right, depending on the hashes. Um, ben, ben excels at the no huddle because he knows what he wants to see, and also you're preventing that other team from substituting. So more often than not, their personnel is the personnel. And, you know, if I'm him, I want to trap them in a nickel personnel I want the 4-2 nickel. I don't know if I necessarily want the 3-3 three, three nickel that they also do. But you just have to get into a position where you can exploit those weaknesses. And Ben knows that, and he feels that, and he can key off of that. So I would love to see that if they came out the gates and just said, you know what, let's go no huddle because now you're giving Ben the onus, right? And you're allowing him to truly lead. Now, I know you do get to help have him pick the top 15, right? You sit there with the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and the quarterback and have him go through the top 15. But to put him on the field and give him the improvisation and give him that creativity, kind of the creative license to call these plays as he feels it, I think would also do a lot for that offensive line. It would do a lot for the receivers and their chemistry because now they're like, okay, this is truly on him. He wants – he, he, he's in the zone. He, he's the painter with the brush, right? He's Bob Ross, mm-hmm. right? He's painting, he's pray, he's painting the Without pretty, the bad hairdo. Pretty, yeah, without the bad hairdo. 
He's he's bringing the little fluffy clouds, the quiet clouds, the happy clouds. He's 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 giving you a little happy tree up there in the forest. You know, he's giving you all of those good things. I would love to see that because I think that would also lend itself to helping you get a faster start because it's something that you haven't done so far. And I really, you know, I think you really hit on something, something where he he feels very comfortable. But you know, one of the things he does do so well is uh, a no huddle offense, just going at it and, and calling the plays. And maestro. Yeah, a maestro. And, you know, you it can be done despite the fact the overwhelming crowd noise. Um, see, in my day, we didn't have any of the, you know, the lifting of the head, the center, the tapping, you know, the the clock or whatever at the, you know, when you when it hits four, you know, we're going or something like that. Yeah. You know, all we had was listening to the quarterback's voice, you know, and sometimes, especially when you got out to tackle. You know, you'd look at the defensive guy over you, then you'd look at the quarterback and look back and try to, you know, kind of ping pong back and forth between hearing where in the county is and then maybe trying to and let me tell you something, that was horrible. Horrible in the domes, man. It was just brutal. Oh yeah, no question. Well, we didn't have one until what was that? Week eight. Week eight of two thousand and five. My my, Ooh, my that's uh, my a good memory. The there you go. Yeah. And after the Indianapolis game, after we oh, got yeah. destroyed that Indianapolis game, that's when we cre- That's when we started the, uh, the the silent count. Oh man! We watched uh, Olin Krutz in Chicago because he had this head swing thing that he would do in on rhythm and then snap it with the head swing. Um, and then uh, I forgot who the center was for Atlanta. He also had one where it was more of a head bob where he kind of went up and down. So we're like, okay, let's let's work on trying something more like that. Because Jeff didn't Jeff didn't want to do the swing. You get dizzy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and, th- and that's when we started it. That's when we started it was was after that Indianapolis game. All right, we'll be back with more. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, think about this, Max. After several weeks of some guys missing their starting cues on defense, right? The news on the injury front is starting to improve a little bit. Yesterday, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, they both practiced. No, though on a limited basis. And Deontay Johnson got a little bit going there with, uh, you know, even though he suffered a knee injury back against the Raiders and he missed the Bengals game. But got to get Deontay Johnson's uh, a little bit out there doing the limited work. And uh, maybe we'll get the Juju back. But, you know, the injury front's starting to look a little better. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of where you hope that, w- you know, 
we can get healthier as as we trudge on to Sunday, right? You know, before before you hit the tarmac at at the uh, FBO up there at the airport, and you, and you have to leave out, out of Moon, out of the cargo service right, <laughs> area, right. and you and you head to to Appleton, Wisconsin. You're not going into Green Bay. You're going to Appleton, right? Because there's no there's no there's no uh, there's no commercial places of business where you can rest your head at in Green Bay. <laughs> It's like a stadium that just landed in the middle of a town. By the way, you know who, who was born in Appleton? A Steelers legend. The great Rocky Blyer. I was going to guess Rocky. But no, I was like, you weren't. Ah, I, no, had yeah. you. I had yeah, you. I had you. No, I, pro- I promise I was going to guess. <laughs> I was going to guess Rocky or Dick Hoke. Those were going to be my two. But then I remember Dick's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I was from like, Jeanette. Rocky. All right. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, those are I, I. But I was close. I was close. You were I wanted close. to say it. I was like, man. All right. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll give it but, to you. Thank you. You'll allow it. All right. Cheese curds on me. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that, that that's what we're hoping for because we know what this team looks like when it's at full strength. Right. And we know what it looks like when we get certain guys in there. Right. And so to ha- hear this news, to know that we're working towards getting some of those guys back, it, that's going to be a relief because I think. Not to say I'm look, you're looking for one guy to be the difference and the linchpin that get that turns the key because it's still a team effort, but gosh, I mean, there's so many injuries, right? Yeah. And you're just like, I mean, it, this isn't like it happened throughout the course of the year. It literally happened like a bomb just dropped, and you had all these groins that just <laughs> all of a sudden. I know. You know I know. We're, we're, got got hit with got hit on the team, so. You want to get some of these guys back. You know, you're looking for the TJs, the High Smiths, Deontay's, Juju's, right? You want to see that these guys are going to be in a better place. Well, in a better place is an, uh, what's coming up next is we got CR in Chicago because we got to knock out the phone lines because we've got oh, Tom yeah. Bradley coming up at the top of the hour, Coach Tom Bradley. That's, we also got Jerry right. Dulac at 1120. So we're going to knock, uh, knock some phone calls out here. CR, welcome to the locker room. Hey, what's going on, man? See how I'm feeling in Chicago. How the heck you two brothers doing this morning, man? I'm doing pretty we're doing good. good. I see Max was chasing his dog around while in the middle of the show. But other than that, we're doing great. Yeah. Other That's than that, good. yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> and you guys ready for the, you guys ready for some football this coming weekend? Well, there's no question about it. I'm excited for this trip to Green Bay, man. This is this is yeah. one of those ultimate um you know terrific type pressure situations where you're with your boys it's going into a cauldron of a stadium and you haven't had it it's just everybody's against you every nobody believes in you nobody thinks you can get it done and it's an opportunity to see who you know really balls up their fist and goes at it yeah I'm sitting, i mean I'm this is this here. is the I'm best way of having a street stuff. fight cr <laughs> yeah I, I had to turn i had to turn my car and i got one of the recalls anyway the guy take me back home He's a Green Bay Packer fan, so we sitting in here listening to you guys <laughs> talking about Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Well, you know what? It's it's a great place. You got two great franchises, two historic franchises, and I, I think it's so much fun when to go to uh, Lambeau Field. The first time I went there as a player, it was just it was so exciting to me because I'd read all the Jerry Kramer instant replay, distant replay, you know, all the stuff about uh, the, the great Packers and everything. And it was just fun to sit and be in the stadium where, you know, you, you spent so much of your youth imagining to be as a young man growing up, you know? And the history, the mystique that is yeah. Lambeau feel, right? 
for Curly Lambeau, Vince Lombardi walking up and down Absolutely. the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, the rights of autumn, right? You start thinking of all the nostalgia. John Facenda's voice and everything holds. else. Yeah, you, you start to – you feel that. And then it's almost like that rite of passage type of deal, right? It's like, I haven't played the NFL until I've gone, you know, and played at that field because it's one of those original historic places. And you realize the greatness that was there. Um, and there's not too many fields like that anymore, right? You know, no. I mean, you still got whatever Soldier Field is, um, the spaceship that landed on top of I it. I know. But Lambeau's <laughs> another one of those historic places that's still here that they just updated and revamped to really bring you that mystique of, of the history of football. It's like past meets present and it also takes you into the future. You get all three feelings there. It's almost like going to the Hall of Fame in Canton. Almost. Like, that's what you feel like when you go to Lambeau. I was up there once, and it's like in a neighborhood, man. The people got their houses painted green and white and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, And everybody anyway, parks on the lawns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's no real parking lots. <laughs> so, hey, guys, I'm going to back out here and let some other people get in. So, as we always say, in the meantime and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Well, thank you very much, CR. So good to have you in the locker room. And we're going to keep moving with some calls because we got Juan in Charleston. Juan, welcome to the locker room, my friend. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Fantabulous. Doing all right, Juan. Uh, shout out to the guys, the Dirty Dozen crew. Shout out to my man, CR. Hey, so with the game on um, Sunday, um, do you guys... Uh-oh. Juan, you, Juan, you oh, there? You cut out. Cut out, Juan. Hold up. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now. Yeah, we got you. We got you. I said, do you guys know what the weather's going to be like? Didn't check the weather yet because you know what? I I don't have to worry about it now because I'm ensconced in the booth. It's poor Max that now has to yeah. worry about the weather report. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? I mean, I mean, it, it, uh, it is funny, but you know, I I think when you look at it, and and I can pull it up because I have it on my weather alert app, but. It's looking like on Sunday, a high of 66. Uh, it's going to be possibly rainy. Ooh. Low of 52. 50% chance of rain. Oh, 50% chance. Going to have to pull out the, the rain slickers. Yeah, the rain pull gear. Those out for this one. Yeah, the <laughs> rain gear. This is my first game. Great. This is awesome. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully a Steeler weather is what I'm hoping the weather yeah. report is. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. Hey, well, so you liking it in the booth or you miss the sidelines? Honestly, I miss the sidelines. When you're down amongst the testosterone and all the action going down there, and it, it's there's just a whole lot of fun. Now, you got to be careful because you can't – if you take your eyes off of the action, that's when somebody comes flying to the sidelines and knocks you out. Now, with Max, <laughs> the chances are better Max might knock them out than <laughs> – they're gonna take him out, but for guys like me, we had to keep you know you got to keep that head on a swivel. Yeah, no, it, okay. it's funny because it, a couple of times, like the balls like come right at me on the sidelines, or you know, a guy's running out of bounds. I'm like, okay, what would I do? I have my equipment on me, right? I'm holding my headset and and, and my uh, and my head and my microphone. I'm like. Do I do I catch the guy, or do or do I shoulder charge him, or do I give him the ole? You know, and he thinks he's going to get, you know, somebody is like a brace, and then he just goes through and falls down and trips over. I'm like, I'm always in that quandary, but when in doubt, realize don't touch him. 
Don't get out don't of the way, man. Just get out of the way. I don't I don't want to have an old lineman moment happen where it's an opposing guy and he runs into me and I slam him to the ground. So there I'm you like, go. you know, that would probably be bad. <laughs> that, would that, would, bad. that would lead to a fight. I don't have a helmet. He headbutts me. I'm done. Right. So, you know, so I'm like, I'm think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on my Olay technique. But head always has to be on a swivel. Always has to be on a swivel. <laughs> The mistake people hey, make here, – here's here, here, let me just give you 20 years of advice on the sidelines, all right? The mistake people make is they start backing up because that doesn't take you out of line of fire. You either got to go no. to the right or to the left. You don't back up because backing up keeps you in the line of fire. That's how people get busted up when they get whacked. Yeah. Hey, so or it's the photographer that has the long-range lens on oh. that does not see the action coming. because Get behind them. Yeah. I always yeah. head behind you the still stand behind those guys. <laughs> like, no, 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 you get the yellow line. I'll stand behind you. I can see. <laughs> hey, so well, was, it easy, was, it, was it easier to get your food on the sideline or easier to get it in the booth? Oh, in the booth. You know, in the, the sidelines, I you know, in the sidelines, stand and multitask. You know, I used to, what the docs would would feed me some of the protein bars at after halftime. They they bring some out. You know, just little little. Yeah, there's see, a Doc little. Brad, Doc Bradley only gives me gum. He only gives me quench gum. Oh, That's the only okay. Thing I get. See, he, you got to talk to him. Will, say now he he will find me and put the gum in my hand if I'm talking. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he will do always gum. He will always yeah. do it. But I but here's the thing. I had a little deal with him and I and I, I would get some uh get some of those protein bars. He'd bring them out at halftime. After halftime. See, I'm like, oh yeah. That Gatorade protein bar is a is a good bar. That's it a is. good halftime bar. It yeah. is indeed. I'm gonna have to talk I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, that's a little little trade secrets there that you gotta have, you know, and just make sure you uh, stay uh hydrated as well. Yeah. Is it the gum that Danny Smith be chewing on or some other type of gum? <laughs> oh, it's it's the Danny Smith type gum. Danny's just yeah. a monster at it. His, that jaw is going 100 miles an hour. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be going yeah. faster, too, when uh, you get up to Green Bay. Yeah, yeah he's got to have yeah, at least like 50 pieces of quench gum in his pocket. Because <laughs> that flavor dies at like five seconds every time. Like oh, five, I know. Yeah, the way he's five, chewing on it, seconds, you have yeah. to, has to have flavor. It has to have flavor in it, yeah. So no question about it. Gum. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Anything else, Juan? All right, guys. I'll let you guys go. I'll call you guys tomorrow. we talk about the game. Y'all have a good one. Sounds good. Thank you so All much right. for checking Thanks, in, Juan. Juan from Charleston, Steelers Nation, Charleston. Appreciate you checking in. And, you know, the important thing about coming up now is you're preparing. You're looking at uh, what, looking at some of the Green Bay Packer film. What stood out to you, Max, about these guys besides the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, the first thing that comes to mind is Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. I mean, that's the way this hookup looks. When you see these two functioning together, they are that's, – it, it, that's the first thing that I thought of was the fact of, you know, Antonio Brown and Ben were the same way. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's scary how how they're both inside of each other's head, you know, as far as knowing what each other wants to do, uh, being being on the same page. Because, I mean, there was a couple of times in, the, in that San Fran game, because that's the only one I've broken down so far, um, that – it's it's known tight coverage, right? It, right? It's tight coverage, and he puts it in the right exact spot, and Devontae goes and gets it. Uh, it, it it's 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 uncanny, and like you said, it, it was A B Ben 
went at their prime where Ben could throw it anywhere to AB and he knew it was a it was a guaranteed completion. It wasn't there wasn't no if, it wasn't a 50-50. It was always 75 to 85, you know, percent chance that that was going to be a play because AB was going to be right at the point where Ben right. wanted the ball to go. And exactly. Ben was also going to put the spot exactly where AB wanted the ball to be. And you just saw magic. And that's what you have right now with, with Devontae and Aaron. They're just in sync. And that, that's going to be the challenge, right? It's going to be the challenge to break up that kind of relationship and break up the signal that they have, right? Cause interference to that process to get it going. Because breaking up is hard to do. All right. <laughs> I had to throw it that is. in there. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to go to break. <laughs> and when we come back, we got the coach, Tom Bradley, checking in with us more with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas.